And I'm like, when you show it for people because you want to, not because you have to, that's when people are inspired to go sell on your behalf. Like if I wanted to get Cameron Harold, who's written five books, coaches, CEOs all the world as a, as a sales rep, if I paid him $2 million, he would say no. He said, I don't have time for that. Because I loved on him, I inspired him to be a sales rep with no commission. And I did the math years ago. People are like, 25 grand, that's a lot. I'm like, it's produced multi-seven figures. So even at seven figures, 25 grand to make a million dollars, I'm just this farm kid. But to me, that's a 50X, what I call return on, I don't care what your ROI is, what's return on relationship? ROR is, will eat ROI all day long. Because when you pour into a relationship, like there's no Facebook algorithm that's going to get a better return than pouring into people. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. You've got Sean and Lacey here, and we have a super special guest, a very special guest, because this guest we've been trying to connect forever. <laughs> um, we did it once uh, many months ago. It went sideways, we as just, we said. It got all screwed <laughs> up really bad. Um, so here we are again, um, putting this all together right now to bring to you um, the king of gifting, giftology, John Rulin. And I'm super excited to dive into all of the all of the the tricks and the tips and all of the things that we can do better as human beings. This is not just about business. This right. is about being a human and how we can show others that we care. Now, as in the business side, of course, you get loyalty, you get repeat business, you get relational capital. But on the human side, you get human connection. And for me, that's what this is really all about. So I'm super excited. John, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. This is uh, this is a long time coming. I think even summer camp is four years in the making. So, I mean, yeah. we're, we play the long game. We both do. Yeah, and then we both said that. We value long-term relationships. This is definitely that. And this is definitely <laughs> that. So, we're, we're but good. by the time we see you in person, we will have already had a long-term relationship. <laughs> Amen. Amen to so, that. I want to dive into this, of course. I mean, you've done thousands of interviews. Um, this idea of giftology. Um, let's get the sort of the formalities out of the way for the viewers and the listeners. Tell us about the concept of giftology, and then we'll just dive in and we'll see if we could take it into areas that you haven't normally gone in your previous interviews. <laughs> I have a funny feeling that's going to happen, which is, which I love. Um, so, so what I would say is when people hear gifting in business, a lot of people have a tendency to want to check out and be like, I don't care about gifts. It's not my love language. Who cares about gifts? Like, it's not like, isn't that something you do at Christmas time? So the core of our message really isn't gifting. The gift itself, a physical gift, is a delivery vehicle for emotion to relationships. And we all know that like how we show up for people determines how whether or not people feel valued, appreciated, and you know, whether it's your marriage or whether it's your, you know, your you know, brother, sister, client, center of influence, investor, they're all just human beings. And a gift really just communicates, I care about you, I know you, I see you, I value you. Because everybody says they love somebody, everybody says that they value somebody, but show me your checkbook and show me your schedule and I'll tell you what your priorities are and whether or not you put your money and your time where your mouth is. So the core of giftology 
is really that there's a formula, there's a system, there's a recipe that this crazy country boy who was milking goats on a farm figured out because I started to see very successful people that were rainmakers and they weren't about the, you know, the dog and pony show of like give to get or, you know, like bribe people. They were really about showing up for people. And I, I saw that as, as a 20 year old and I realized nobody was teaching this. People teach sales and leadership. If every business rises and falls on relationships and you don't have a relationship plan, then you're going to lose to somebody that does. And so that's the core of what giftology is all about. Yeah, I, I think it's great. And when I was, you know, looking through all of your stuff and your website, the thing that really stuck out to me was this idea of, I think you said it says leveraging gratitude. And I love that because I think for creating, like we talk about long-term relationships, you have to do it in a way that's authentic, that speaks to the individual, that's customized and tailored for them so that they feel special. And by doing that, you're really showing them gratitude. And I just thought that was a really neat concept. And so how did that piece evolve for you throughout your stories, understanding how to tap into that with other individuals? Well, I think that, you know, in most, everybody wants to grow their company, right? Whether it's right. for clients or grow, you know, like if you're a VC back firm, you want to grow your investment or you want to, you know, increase your retention. All these different things are just, you know, engaging human beings in a way that psychologically makes them want to do something. Like it's not a bad thing to want somebody to refer business or to stay with you or to be loyal. And I think that most people have become very tactical with things. They say they're playing the long game, but most of the things are like, I, if you do this for me, here's your gift card. Well, that's not a gift. That's not a carrot and stick method. That's a, and I started to see that what people thought was gratitude really wasn't gratitude. It was an incentive or it was a promotional product. Those aren't gifts. And so it, over the last, you know, I'm 41. I just turned 41. We've been doing this for 21 years. We, you know, initially it started out with just like, hey, we interned with a company, Cutco. I wanted to sell a bunch of knives. You know, I pitched my girlfriend's dad these Cutco knives. And then he was an attorney. He was a rainmaking attorney. And I thought, well, he's always giving things away. He'd find like a deal on noodles and everybody at church the next Sunday, like 300 people would walk away with like a year's supply of noodles. And I was like, Paul, like that's 40 grand. Like, why would you do that? And he's like, I just like showing up for people. I just love the smiles on their faces. So I saw him doing it as a true long game. Most people say they're playing the long game, but their long game is days. The long game is decades. And Paul was my first mentor who really showed me, like, you do things, no strings attached. And so what most people think of as gratitude or appreciation or gifting really isn't any of those things. And it's definitely not leverage. It's not hard to gift one person. Like your spouse, people will come to me and like, John, it's my 50th anniversary, my wife, I need help. And I'm like, you're screwed. Like you should have been listening the last 50 years. Like you, anybody, <laughs> anybody can be a great gift giver. Like literally, like it's not difficult. You know, if a farm boy who is like milking goats, who was hoeing, I grew up on 47 acres in a town of 317 people. It's intentionality. It's focus. I tell people like spend half as much time as you, you know, spend on your fantasy football league on your relationship and it'll probably do better. It'll thrive. Like you can be a good gift giver. But if you want to do something for your top 100 relationships, your top 25, like scaling gratitude or scaling thoughtfulness is hard because now you're like not just doing it for one person. You're doing it for all your employees. You're doing it for your centers of influence. You're doing it for your mentors, your investors. All of a sudden, even a small business that's doing $3 million in revenue, they might add up all of the people that have helped them get to where they're at. 
and be like, holy crap, there's 172 people on this list. How do you, how do you leverage gratitude and not make it feel like, hey, here's a jacket with my logo on it. Here's an Amazon gift card. Here's a case of wine. That doesn't communicate you're special. That communicates I had to check the box at Christmas mm. because you didn't like there's a formula and even the timing of what you send, like people are like, John, I want to send anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas gifts. I'm like, we do no ABC gifting. And they're shocked. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the, I'm like, are you like, do you want to do a gift out of obligation and expectation? Or do you want to do a gift to show up as a surprise and delight? Like we all have heard the words Carlton surprise and delight, but most people give gifts on Valentine's Day for their wife. Do you earn brownie points showing up with roses on Valentine's Day? No, that's table stakes. You show up for your wife, your husband, your client on a random Tuesday, not asking for a referral, not asking for anything. You're saying, I, I appreciate the relationship just because whether it's your wife or your client, now people are like, I didn't do anything. What do you like? Now it has a hundred times more impact because of the timing in the messaging. So people say, John, I did giftology. I've done this before. I spent 50 grand on promo products. It didn't work. I'm like, did you follow the recipe? And they're like, well, we did giftology-ish. And I'm like, <laughs> imagine if you bake bread 100,000 times, but every time you don't put yeast in. Guess what you don't get? You don't get bread. I don't care how many times you do it. The little things of relationships dictate whether or not you get that leverage ability and it lands as gratitude or it lands as manipulation. And most people are actually spending money, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars. The industry as a whole is multi-billion dollar. They're spending money to annoy, frustrate, guilt, or piss off their most valuable relationships. It's not a good investment. Most of our clients, our members, the people that we talk to, agree with the concept. I think in general, everybody's like, I get it. We need to have, we need to invest in our relationships. Right. Most of our clients, our members, people that we talk to don't do it. <laughs> so it's like, this is this thing that's like, okay, so I agree in principle, but for whatever reason, there's a gap between I agree and I I'm executing, yeah. right? <laughs> Obviously, because if not, then, you know, the success of your company, the success of the book, it wasn't like you read it and you're like, duh, it's like, oh, this is innovative when, and then with all respect, of course, it's not that innovative. It's no, right? it's, I didn't but invent it's, it. <laughs> but, it's, but it's what, but it's what, what is the gap? Um, walk us through, let's say that I say, I agree in principle. I don't really have my relationships. I always talk about this myself. I say, you know, in my mind, relational capital is your greatest asset. I always say, if you took everything away from me, you could take all of my money. You could take everything away. I could lose everything as long as I still had my phone. If I had my phone, I'm back in business, right? Because I could have my relationships and I can I can get going. Yep. But let's say, so I always tell people, you have to put your relationships somewhere. You put your money in a bank, right? We have to keep track of our relationships. If you were talking to somebody that was like, okay, John, I'm in but I don't even know where to start. Get us going. How do we get going on the path? Not even, not even talking about the formula. I'm talking about pre-formula. I'm talking about, I don't even know what to do first because that's where I think most people are. What would your advice be? Yeah. Well, I would say that, um, you, you know, most people know that they should eat well and well is a relative term, but they don't do it because they don't have a plan for the, they don't have a diet. They don't know, like right now I'm in the middle of 75 hard. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was already in the best shape of my life, but I was like, I want to take it up a notch. And like 75 hard gives you a framework, right? It gives you like, here's the eight things you have to do every single day. And if you don't do it, you go back to, you know, I'm on day 23. If I don't do it today, like I go back to zero. So there's accountability, there's framework. Um, most people, I think they, there's a misunderstanding of what it means to invest in a relationship. First off, most people will say, you know, my company's growing. I need to hire two people. I got growing like crazy. They'll hire those two people. They'll make the decision in five minutes. They'll add a hundred grand, 150 grand, 200 grand and fixed labor and overhead to that cost of their company, even a small business and never think anything of it. And then I'll ask them, why would you not invest that same hundred thousand dollars into your top 20 relationships that allow you to even have a business? And they're like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that way. They'll, they'll spend a hundred grand over here one way over here, they're asking for, I want the metrics. What am I going to get? And so they don't understand what they really should be investing. They don't have a framework and a plan to say, oh my gosh, like this is important. And I don't think that anybody ever gets the honest accountability and feedback saying, you did the bottles of wine or you sent me Amazon gift cards or you gave me a cash bonus or whatever the things are. And in a lot of those cases, they're, they're taken for granted. They're table stakes. They're viewed as a promotional product. So I don't think there's really, because it feels awkward. If you write a note and say, I thought less of you as a human when I got your jacket or a polo shirt with a logo the size of a softball on it, it feels mean, it feels rude. So people just kind of like placate each other and say, thank you, but they don't really mean it. It's not hitting their heart level. So I think that there's a misunderstanding. There's, um, I think that there's fear for most leaders. Like they're like, oh my gosh, if I do this wrong, I could like upset the relationship. What if it's viewed as a bribe? What if they don't like it? You know, I send wine and their dad's an alcoholic. There's all of this risk involved. I don't think people are budgeting properly for it and realizing this is a real leverage tool where you could put a dollar in. And literally we have clients that are getting $100 back out. I think they think it's a check the box, like a, I have to, I have to do gratitude and appreciation at Christmas or it's our 20th anniversary of our business. We got to send something out. Like nobody cares about your 20th anniversary. They care about themselves. Like, um, so I think that the part of the gap is fear. I think it's, it's ignorance. And I think that most people haven't literally like listed out and said, here's all of my relationships internally and externally in the business. And here's the value of them. If they went away, most people have not really put a value to saying, if this client goes away, if this mentor wasn't in my corner, what would that cost me? What's their advice worth? What's the relationship with the bank or my, even like I send nicer gifts to my suppliers. I spend millions of dollars with than most people send to their best clients. And the reason is, is most businesses don't have a business without their suppliers. And yet they treat them like dog crap. So I think that trying to give somebody a framework and understanding, and it's even like, you know, like I love the five minute journal from a gratitude perspective, because it, if you wrote down three people every single day for a year that you were grateful for, you'd have a list of a thousand people at the end of the year. Now, all of a sudden, and then if you started to put values beside them, now all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like I should be investing not $2,000 on peanut brittle at Christmas. I should be investing 200 grand and it still wouldn't be enough in these relationships because I wouldn't have my $5 million company without them. And so to give you guys like your tribe kind of a framework of what we charge tens of thousands of dollars to like take the Cubs through this or Google or anybody else, they go to your tribe and go to giftologysystem.com and get our framework of like, I don't care what the gift is. That's the seventh step in the process. Who are you needing to take care of? What's important to them? 
Like, how frequently should you be loving on them? Like, all of those simple questions to build out, like, your relationship plan are right there. Um, and they can take our entire playbook and go do it. Now, what's funny is people go and try to steal this, the recipe and the formula. And they realize if they try to do it for one person, it's not hard. But to try to execute the logistics for 100 people or 50 people or 25 people or 2,500 people, that's our secret sauce. That's why people hire our firm is not for the formula. Formula is free. It's the execution of actually doing it. And that's where people hit the gap and they're like, holy crap, to handwrite 150 notes is hard you know, for that many people. To drop ship to somebody's home address is hard. To personalize it is hard. It's not hard to understand the formula. It's hard to execute the logistics of doing that at scale. That's the difficult part. Well, let's walk through. I want to walk through um, your thought process. And I want to stay still in the very fundamentals, the basics. I want to use your system to grow my relationships. Let's say that I have very few relationships. Let's say that I know Lacey and I know you. So, I mean, I've got two good ones. And I'm going to use a hypothetical because I don't think he would mind. And let's say for the sake of the discussion that I wanted to, I wanted to be in relationship with Tucker Max. Maybe I wanted to write a book. I realized that you um, were were greatly benefited by your relationship with him. And I'm like, I wish that I could, I wish I could be in relationship with Tucker. Tell me your advice. What do I need to do now that I've identified the person, but what do I just start sending Tucker things in the mail? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I know Tucker and I think, you know, Tucker, you know, like Tucker's not, Tucker can buy whatever he wants. And I think that's the, the case of most people in business. Most, most of the people that people are trying to influence are making high five figures, six, seven, eight figures, nine figures, whatever. Like you're not going to buy something for somebody that they can't buy for themselves. Mm-hmm. You can, it's not a, it's not a cash problem, but people will use that as an excuse and be like, well, I can't spend it. So I won't do it. Or I just want, it's the thought that counts. And I'm like, that's such crap. That's an excuse to give a lame gift. It's not the thought that counts. It's the thoughtful thought that counts. And Tucker is somebody who like, dude, he's tough. He's hard nosed, but he's also like really thoughtful and really like intelligent and really like dialed in on details. And so what I would say with somebody like Tucker is understanding the person and realizing you can influence Tucker or any other person because they're a human being. Whether they're like we have clients that are taking care of billionaires and making billionaires cry with our, you know, with giftology. And it's not about the expense, although like it's not a it's not typically a two dollar thing, but it's also not a two million dollar thing either. Like they can buy their own two million dollar thing if they're a billionaire. It's like so I think if, if you're trying to take care of Tucker, A, it's understanding what makes him tick. And almost every Tucker of the world has an inner circle. They have family. Tucker's married. His wife's Veronica. You know, what does Veronica do? Well, she's a doctor. Do they have kids? Yes, they have kids. Well, when I'm engaging in a plan, whether it's for one person or 2,000, a lot of those people have an inner circle. It's, they have a spouse or a significant other. They have kids. They have pets. And they have a team, assistant, videographer, you know, uh, a, a chief of staff, an event planner, all the different people around the people. And so, so many people in business, they're like, hey, these 500 people want a sales ward. They take care of the sales leader. I'm like, spend 80% of your money, not just taking them on a trip to Mexico for five grand. What if you spent five grand as well on their family, on their spouse who had to deal with 
the overtime or the travel or the late nights getting home from work or the kids who are dealing with their parents being gone or stressed out or whatever else. So when we're laying out a plan for somebody like Tucker, it's like to get Tucker's attention is difficult to get him like, you know, like he's into jujitsu and fighting or whatever else. Like I had to spend a lot of money on his hobby to get his attention. But if I can do something that includes Veronica, if I can do something that includes his kids, if I can do something that includes his team, the way I win Tucker is by winning the people around him. Because if he's the hero to the people around him, then he loves the person who made him the hero to that person. And I've had this happen so many times where like, I wanted to get the, one of the top financial advising coaching company CEOs in the world on, as a client. <clears throat> he met me at this $25,000 mastermind. And his response when I told him what giftology was, he's like, oh, that's cute. That would never work in my industry. He's like, all my guys are seven, eight figure earners. I've been in private equity. He's like, that's cool. But I take my clients to on safaris and Napa and I spend 10 grand a person on or 20 grand a person on these trips, but gifting, no thanks. So I started to send him gifts afterwards. I'm like, I'm going to play my own game. Mm. I started to send him gifts, but I didn't, I, they weren't focused on John. They were focused on his wife, Jan. Six months later, John reaches out, says, uh, John, I said, hey, John, what's going on? I played dumb. He's like, you started sending me these gifts after we met, and I thought your thing was like cute, but not for me. And he's like, uh, you know, three months ago, my wife, Jan, we're getting ready to go to bed. And she's like, hey, have you done anything with John Rulin lately? And uh, he's like, I thought it was kind of weird. And then a week later, she brings your name up again. He's like, I feel like I'm sleeping with your sales rep. Like, my wife, Jan, like, like, I can't believe that what you're sending is influencing her to ask about you multiple times. Like, this is weird. Does it, will this work in my industry? And I said, are there human beings in your industry? And he was like, well, yeah. And I said, well, then it'll work. He fought me on the recipe. He's like, I don't want to include their spouse. I don't know their spouse's name. Cause it was a, basically it was a middle-aged married white dude club. I'm like, <laughs> you don't take care of the spouse. If you don't take care of, if you don't follow the program, the recipe, I won't work with you. And he fought me every step of the way. Here's the clutch. Here's the key. After his event, we did this gift as a pre-experience. He he asked for referrals, which I don't recommend doing. You don't give a gift and then ask for referrals. I think that's dumb. That's that's a manipulation. That's a bait and switch. But he did it subtly on a survey. If he got 5% more referrals, he would have been elated. He's like, John, my referrals, I checked it three times just to make sure because it's it's been crazy. He said they went up 107% over our best year ever. And the only thing we did differently were your stupid gifts. <laughs> cute gifts, cute gifts. Yeah, you're cute. You're cute <laughs> gifts. I was like, he's like, why did it work? And I was like, because you thought, like, you tapped into the relationship, whether it's Tucker, like, Tucker lo- loves to refer business. Like, and actually, you know, like, guys like him, like, one of your lo- gifts can be referrals. But most people suck so bad at the physical, tangible gift. A lot of people are good at taking people on trips. A lot of people are good at opening doors for people. Most people think they're a seven out of 10 on tangible physical gifts, what we do. And really they're a negative three. Mm. They suck so bad at it, but they've never got honest feedback. And so they don't even realize that they're not good at it. They don't even realize that they're damaging relationships. And so the reason what we do works is because everything else is very cluttered. We're in the blue ocean. Most people aren't very good at it. And so if you can take an area that's most people suck at and get really good at it. Now, all of a sudden you're playing at a whole nother, like people are like, how are they crushing it? It's like, well, they're playing in a different world using a different tool that most people aren't even aware of. It's really interesting because it makes me think about the five love languages 
and mm-hmm. you know, gifts being one of them. And people are like, oh, I don't care about gifts. They say that all the time. Oh, you know, I don't, I don't like getting gifts. Um, but what I'm realizing just listening to you, it's not that they don't like getting gifts. They've just never gotten the right ones. Yeah. A thousand, like most people don't like getting sucky gifts that make them feel good. <laughs> like, and, but they, and you're right. No, there's no feedback. So there, there's no feedback loop. The feedback loop is, is fake because it feels rude. Like no, nobody wants a sucky, like most people in America don't need more stuff. Right. Like, think about during the you know stupid pandemic, people are like, you know, a time on their hands. So they clean out their house. Goodwill had a mile, like a, like a line a mile long. Why? Cause people were like, I don't need all this crap. Right. And most of the stuff that people gives out has a logo on it. If it has a logo on it, it's not a gift. It's a promotional item. I don't care if it's a Rolex, you give somebody a Rolex with a, like Domino's did this. They gave their franchisees Rolexes. Guess what happened? Pawn shops started getting them as trade-ins. <laughs> Because even on an Air King, white face, do you want Domino's? Even if you work for Domino's, do you really want to look at Domino's on your Rolex? No. So people think that they're doing giftology, but they're not. And so they've gotten sucky mm-hmm. gifts. They've gotten like to put a logo on something means you're going to go force them to advertise for you. That feels manipulative. That feels gross. It feels icky. Like you'd never go to a wedding. Anybody on the planet would never go to a wedding. And on the beautiful Tiffany's vase, you know, compliments of Keller Williams. That's the <laughs> gross, like that'd be the tackiest thing in the world. But we do that in business, calling it gifting. And it's not, it's manipulation. It's a promotional item. There's nothing wrong with promotional items, but don't try to disguise it as a gift. And especially when you're dealing with affluent people that are six figures or higher, even five figures, like your employee, you give them a, ja- a Lululemon jacket, but it has a logo on it. It's cool, but it's a uniform. It's not a gift. And so I think that there's a misunderstanding of what a gift really is. Mm-hmm. And when you get in like even like love, my love language is not gifting. That's the ironic part. You know, mm-hmm. Gary Chapman is actually a client and a, and a mentor of mine. And like my love language is words of affirmation. I'm an introvert and I'm like, I grew up on a farm. Like I hated public speaking, ironically enough. God literally like, has a sense of humor because I would avoid speaking like the plague. I'd speak one time a year for Cutco at their big annual conference with thousands of people. And I would have diarrhea for three months leading up to the speaking gig. That's how nervous <laughs> I was. And then like God really like literally like, I was on a golf course in Chicago 14 years ago with my business partner. And he, and this guy who didn't know me said, John, God's telling me I've never had any prophecy. Like that seems kind of like a little outside my comfort zone of my faith. So literally said, John, you're going to speak on the biggest stages in the world. And my business partner laughed. He's like, he hates speaking. That's never going to happen. And it's, and you know, God's got a sense of humor. It's, it's coming true. But what I would say is that the five love languages, they're all just love, whether it's words of affirmation, mm-hmm. whether it's quality time, they're all like, we all can receive and appreciate all of them. We just tend to appreciate some of them higher mm-hmm. based upon how God's wired us. But what's interesting is in business, if you can take a physical gift and put a handwritten note with it, that's the words of affirmation and context. In fact, the note that goes with the gift is just as important as what you're giving. Even if you're given a Rolex, if you don't put the right note with it, it won't land at an emotional level. The words of affirmation matter. When you go spend quality time with somebody, give them the gift, handwritten note. Now you're spending quality time. Give them a big hug. Like, you can start, what's cool about this in business is if you can start to overlap 
different elements of it at times, you get this multiplication effect. And like where somebody's like, oh my gosh, every time I think about that trip to Napa, I think about this, that the artifact reminds me. It's like why the, the Rolex is so cool is if some every time somebody looks down at their wrist, they subconsciously will think about who gave them the watch. Now, a lot of people just buy the watch for themselves, but if you were the one that gave that to them, you don't have to put your logo on it for them to remember where it came from. So the five love languages are a beautiful thing. I, I'm actually trying to talk Gary Chapman into writing the five love languages for business because he has one for employees, but I think that the five love languages should be applied to all relationships in business because it's, it's the next evolution of what we're teaching from a relationship building perspective. That's neat. So much to unpack right there. I, um, I want to just touch on because... Um, you said it briefly, but I want to make sure people understand pro- nothing wrong with promotional items. I know I feel called so, out. <laughs> well, so then the then the question is, when is it appropriate yeah. to use promotional items? And when is it we've talked about when it's not appropriate, when it's disguised as a gift, when would I use promotional items? Well, I think that um, if you do relationship building really well on the experiential side you do the once in a I, I, people are like what's better an experience or a gift and i'm like both it's not one or the other it's not but if you are going to do an experience make it a once in a lifetime like don't just take somebody to morton's and call that like that's not once in a lifetime people go to morton's 50 times a year if you're going on a trip you know take a smaller group of people to napa and then fly in the top master sommelier to like coordinate and pour into the people like create once in a lifetime experiences. Same with gifts. Don't just send something out, you know, to a thousand people that feels like, you know, here's a koozie or a cooler or whatever, like go to a hundred people and go all in where I think promotional products are fine is when you're dealing with more of the retail public, you know, at an event, like if you want to be the Cubs and you know, you want to put your logo on a t-shirt and give it out to 10,000 people. That's fine. That's cool. Some people love it, you know, but at least make the t-shirt something that people like the, you know, doesn't feel like cardboard, like at least make it best in class, make it feel, you know, like classy. I think a lot of people, even on their promotional items, they cut corners and they don't realize the person's not going to end up using it. I think that where promotional items make sense specifically is where the logo with like the Cubs, or if you're in a special group, like maybe black diamond, it might make sense because people will value the logo that's on it. And it actually raises the value of the item because it's exclusive, it's different, it's special. Like if you went to Harvard, you care about the Harvard logo and you're okay with that being on something because you associate and identify with it. But even there, like when you're dealing with like the billionaires of the world, the logos probably needs to be small, tone on tone, on the shoulder, on the back. It needs to be subtle and classy. So I think there's a way to do promotional products where it actually adds value. Like the Cubs are one client that will allow to put their logo on it. but we'll tell them, put it as small as possible on the back. People don't need it screaming in their face. Do it subtly. And if you are going to do it as a company, let's say you're Ernst & Young, you know, like if you want to have a giveaway at your conference, that's fine. But do a best-in-class journal. Don't do the one from China for $3. Do the one made in the U.S. for 30 bucks, and put your logo subtly on there as a group thing. Um, maybe put the person's name on it so it's at least personal to the person. But understand that a promotional item is going to be viewed as more of like a, this is part of like the conference experience. This is a part of like the group, the club, the event. Don't let somebody talk you into like, that's the gift. 
That's not a gift. That's a promotional item. And it's fine. Like if something's done in a world-class way, subtly with the logo, given at a conference or an event or, or whatever else, you know, maybe 80% of the people will consider using it in the future, but they're not going to be emotionally charged to it the same way that they are a gift. So I think that there are times when you can do it in a thoughtful way as a part of an experience or a part of an event, but don't blow your budget on, you know, giving 500 backpacks at an event and then not have anything left after the event or after the conference or after the mastermind, like to, to send out to somebody, even if you're sending the same thing to 200 people, it should feel like they're the only ones that are receiving it. And oftentimes like taking that gift and sending it at a different time, not at the event itself. When something arrives to you with a handwritten note to your family, it feels different than something showing up and everybody, you see everybody getting the same thousand thing in the audience. Because mentally, subconsciously, we all want to feel special. We all want to be treated differently. And so that's, for us, when we're kind of laying out a strategy, that's how we kind of think about, you know, promotional products versus gifts. And we don't do promotional products. We'll refer people out to, to people that do that. But there are times and places for it, but it still needs to be done with thoughtfulness and intentionality versus just, what do we have left in the budget, Steve? I don't know, six grand. Well, let's divide a thousand people by six grand. I guess everybody's getting calendars this year for six bucks. Like that's how most people are doing their decision making versus saying, what can we do that's really thoughtful and intentional on the front end that, or cut it out altogether and redirect the dollars towards something else. And that's important. So that's my, that's the second part of my question. You did excellent and segueing right to that. So most of our clients, all of our clients are service providers, doctors, accountants, lawyers, gym owners, and maybe not in the event space, but in doing business, exactly what you were talking about, budget becomes a big concern. And so I want to remind everybody, you can go to giftologysystem.com, giftologysystem.com. There you can get the full outline of, of what John teaches um, to companies that he's been mentioning, to great um, companies that are doing really big things. But here's what happens is that the individual entre entrepreneur says, yeah, but I don't know how to determine my budget. So even though it's not a conference where I have $6,000 uh, left over and I'm going to divide that amongst the, 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 the attendees, really they're just thinking like, well, I, look, I, I look at my top line, my bottom line. I don't know how much money I should invest in gifting. Help yeah. us work through that thought process. How do I determine what is a reasonable investment in a gift? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a fair question. It's a question that I think a lot of times because of the industry that we're in, it feels like very like heart centered and woo woo. And it's like, John, are you just asking me to spend a bunch of this money and throw it out the window and like hope. And the, if you met my business partner, Rod, who owns 50% of everything I do, like he's the numbers guy. He worked at a top 100 accounting firm. And he's like, if we invest a dollar, we got to get $5 back out. Like, this isn't like, yeah, we want to be kind. Yeah, we want to be generous. Yeah, the Bible teaches that if you, know, you reap what you sow and that you pour into things, you get it back a hundredfold, but you don't like, you, know, you can't cash checks of hope. Like, you, like as a business, we all need to be profitable. And so I learned early on that like, it, there needs to be a math equation. It needs to be numbers, you know, like whether it's a tithe or whatever else, like there's real numbers to it. It's not just random things. And so for us, it's been a five to 15% Five at the low, 15 at the high. We have some people go up to 20. Reinvestment. This isn't an expense. A reinvestment back into your relationships. And so 10% is kind of mid-tier. 
I don't care what your top line is. People are like, John, we did you know, these mortgage companies. Hey, we did $20 billion last year. Great. What was your net profit? Because as a bootstrapped entrepreneur for 21 years, I couldn't like I wasn't raising private equity money or VC money or like, yeah, we weren't going into debt. We were reinvesting cash flow, you know, of what we made. And so if somebody's making, say they're making 100 grand, that means they should be reinvesting five, you know, net, 100 grand net, five grand to 15 grand back into the relationships. And people are like, John, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, well, imagine if all your clients and centers of influence and employees went away. Like, how much would you make? And they're like, well, nothing. I'm like, exactly. You get to keep 85 grand, at, you know, at the low end. You're reinvesting the 15 grand, not as a like woo-woo thing. It's reinvesting into those relationships so that the next year you make 120 grand. So that 15 grand just turned, made you money within the first year. And, and we tell people like, this should be a, a thoughtful strategy. The same way you think about when you hire an extra two employees, you're not doing that as just an expense, you're doing that because you want to grow your company from 1.2 million to 1.5 or to two. And so, so many people don't understand that this is a business strategy. This is an investment. This isn't a check the box once you're at Christmas as an expense, or we're having a conference or, you know, we'll refer, like we don't allow clients to give referral gifts. And, and the reason is, is because you don't get the return that you're looking for. You get a referral from somebody, you send them a $500 bottle of wine, you think you're doing a great thing. And the other person's thinking that person you know, is going to make a hundred grand off that relationship. And they sent me a $500 bottle of wine. You just did a tit for tat versus if you invested in your relationships with that same $500 as a just because now all of a sudden the person's like, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Why are they doing this? So when we're talking numbers, five to 15% reinvested back into the relationships to grow the relationship, you know, hopefully you grow that person to cross sell and, and you know, keep loyal. The secret sauce though of all of this is if you can turn your clients not into passively loyal clients where they sit on their hands and they stay as a client. Like I have like one of my, my, my favorite clients and partners is a guy named Cameron Harold. We did this crazy Brooks Brothers experience for him 14 years ago when I met him. Dropped seven grand on, on, gift, uh, or on Brooks Brothers clothing, outfitted his hotel room. It's a long story. People are like, John, why would you spend seven grand on one relationship? Well, I didn't spend seven grand. I actually spent 25 grand over the course of a decade. I did the 7,000 and then I, just, I sent him $12,000 worth of knives. I sent him wine. I actually ran out of gifts to give him. <laughs> and people are like, why did you keep giving him gifts when you already had them in your corner? And I'm like, when you show up for people because you want to, not because you have to, that's when people are inspired to go sell on your behalf. Like if I wanted to get Cameron Harold, who's written five books, coaches, CEOs all the world as a, as a sales rep, if I paid him $2 million, he would say no. He said, I don't have time for that. Because I loved on him, I inspired him to be a sales rep with no commission. And I did the math years ago. People are like, 25 grand, that's a lot. I'm like, it's produced multi-seven figures. So even at seven figures, 25 grand to make a million dollars, I'm just this farm kid. But to me, that's a 50X, what I call return on, I don't care what your ROI is, what's return on relationship? ROR is, will eat ROI all day long. Because when you pour into a relationship, like there's no Facebook algorithm that's going to get a better return than pouring into people. Mm -hmm. And so when people talk about, man, 10% is a lot, 15% is a lot. I'm like, compared to what? Because you pour into people, like look out. All of our businesses are the result of human beings going out of their way to open doors, advocate, refer business. Like 
it's all human beings. And yet we don't have a plan on, in, a, in a real math equation of how we're going to show up for those people. We just tend to be like, I don't know, it's December 15th. We made money this year. We probably should say thank you. And you end up sending bottles of wine and peanut brittle and stupid stuff out <laughs> at the same time as all of your other competitors. And you wonder why nobody cares. It's because you're not investing as thoughtfully in that part of your business and relationship as you do any other part of your business. Huge, huge. I remember a client, um, I was asking them, they, they did lunch meetings and I, I said, you know, so you have to work to get the meeting. And I said, so what, what do you send them as a pre gift? They were like, what do you mean? I said, well, first of all, you had to work and they took the meeting. Right. And he was like, well, I don't send a pre gift. I said, well, okay, well, let's say that you get you get the meeting and they agree to work with you. They're going to collaborate with you. What does that represent? They said $20,000 a month. I was like, wow, so $240,000 a year and there's no pre-gift. And you're taking okay. them to lunch. <laughs> and it, well, th- then it gets better because I, and, and they're probably watching and it's it's fine. I'm not going to say their name, but I, I said that then if they, if you leave the meeting and you're pretty sure that this went well and they're going to, they represent now $240,000 to you a year. What do you send them then? And he said, I send them socks with their face on it. Uh, and, <laughs> and I was like, $240,000. And he like, wow. I just think that man, like wait, what you're saying is so, so true. And, I know and I'm sure had- there's some cheesy note with it. Like, Hey, you blew our socks off. You blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, people are, and people are like, Oh, that's so cute. Hey, we did flip flops and you were going to Mexico. And I'm like, do you realize like they don't, they're going to end up within a year in the trash. Like right. want to be green, stop giving crappy stuff that ends up in the landfill or a goodwill. And people focus on the theme versus focus on the practicality and being world-class and, and, and a lot of people will do the gift after the deal signed. And I'm like, somebody signs a quarter million dollar consulting agreement and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm big daddy Warbucks. I'm going to send a bottle of Dom and we're going to celebrate this. I'm like, really? Your $200, $250 bottle of champagne is 0.1% of the contract. Like, you think that's going to blow them away? Now, maybe it, it, it's like thoughtful and people are like, oh, that's cool. But nobody's going to be like, oh, I got to refer them to five of my friends because I got a bottle of Dom. But you start sending like I don't I don't like consumables because it's like you send it. It's it's gone within 15 minutes. You get one impression like as a, as an entrepreneur is bootstrapping. I want my cost per impression to be super low. Do you give socks that maybe are worn once and then tossed or a bottle of wine, you know, drank once, forgotten about, you know, the reason why I love the knives and the different things that we do is because I could send, like we did it for Tony Robbins for a client. You know, we sent him like an $8,000 knife set. People are like, Tony Robbins knives? Like, that's weird. And I'm like, well, every knife, all 40 knives were engraved with a quote of wisdom that Tony had spoken over 40 years. And it was came in this $3,000 wood box that communicated value and future generations of Robbins, blah, blah, blah. That client now owns a piece of real estate, some of the most valuable real estate in the world on that person, on Tony's countertop. And every time he sees that knife set and his wife, Sage, actually gushed about it, like most people aren't thinking strategically. They think, oh, that's cute. That's fun. I'll get logo on it. Oh, though, I got the thank you. The goal isn't just to get the thank you. The goal is three years from now to have people still talking about the story and the thoughtfulness when you're not around. And that's what people are like. I don't get referrals. I don't understand. I do a great service. I'm like, everybody does. Like, you don't have great service or great product. You're out of business. That's table stakes. You want people to get refer you business. You need to do things for them in such a way that's a story worth telling. 
at masterminds, at events, on the golf course, at the family dinner table, like you want to be in and blow them away and have a story that's worth telling. And that's why people are like, John, I did this gift. Isn't that cute? And I'm like, I don't want cute. I want effective. I want a hundred X return on my investment. Yes. Cute is cool. Like if you can be cute and practical and melt somebody's face off. Awesome. But most people like, Oh, they get into this marketing mindset and they hire an advertising firm to do their gifting and cool, catchy words and marketing speak. Who cares at a core level? I need to hit somebody's heart, their spouse's heart, their kid's heart, their pet's hearts, their assistant's hearts. Like if you do those things, then you get the story worth telling and you get the return. It's not a cute thing. It's not a theme thing. It's an effective, thoughtful thing. Yeah. Somebody did that for us, the Cutco knives with the quotes on them, the BDC, and it was unforgettable. It was, like that was through that was through yeah. that was through John. It was Dan McCoy. Dan McCoy did it and it was yeah. just amazing. And you almost don't want to use it because it's such an impressive gift. But I have to ask, so I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking, who Outside of you, because obviously you're really good at this, who would you consider really amazing gift givers? And then what's the best gift you you ever sent? And what's the best gift you ever received? Yeah, so I, what I would say is, yeah, there's other people that are amazing at this just naturally. I think whether it's, you know, reading the Bible and realizing that Proverbs 18, 16 says a gift ushers you before kings. Like a lot of the people that I know that are the best in the world at this realize that like from a faith perspective, like John Rulon and Giftology didn't invent this. This has been around for 5,000 years. I think just in our American Western culture, we get very, we say relationship driven, but really we're transactional driven. We say mm-hmm. we're long game driven, but really we play the long game in days, not decades. So Joel Marion comes to mind. I don't know if you guys know Joel or not. He's got a company mm-hmm. called Biotrust, nine figure company. He is literally like he's a client of ours, but even before I was engaging him and helping him outsource his, you know, his relationship building and, and, and different things, he was doing these amazing, like he would send a Rolex, but it would be like in a special box with this crazy long letter with special engravings. And there was no ask. It was like literally like pastors that were doing amazing things or somebody, a friend that's going through a rough time, like he would put so much thought and intentionality into the note and the packaging and the details and the personalization. And when I talked to him, we talked for two hours the first time. And, and then I was on his podcast, but he, I was like, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Like I, this was it, it, like, he was at such a level of understanding of how to develop these relationships and how to pour into people and how to budget accordingly. And all of that, I, I mean, literally to the point where I was like, Joel, are you going to read Giftology? He's like, is there anything I can learn in it? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Like, dude, you're already doing it. I would say my original mentor, Paul, who was the attorney, lived it. Like a lot of what I teach, I learned watching him as this 20-year-old kid. Um, and just who he was. Like he like just showed up for people and was generous and kind and thoughtful and no strings attached, all of that. So I've definitely been, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by by people. I would say there's probably two gifts that um, come to mind that are some of the most thoughtful. I used to, and ironically, one I used to make fun of. Um, people would be like, what's the worst gift in the world? I'm like, there's a lot, you know, gift cards are the worst, you know, food's the worst, alcohol is the worst, all these things. Um, but I was like, the corporate coffee mug is one of the worst. Like it's probably a billion dollars spent on these stupid things. People think they're cute because they put Hershey kisses inside or M&Ms. I'm like, you can only drink out of one coffee cup. Most people's cupboards are just so much crap. And it, people buy them for like 10 bucks from China with their logo on. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing in the world. And then this artist goes out of 
reads the book, listens to like 80 interviews and reaches out to me. And it's just, it looks like he's 16. Um, Christian dude reaches out and says, John, I want to help you bless your wife. Will you answer these seven questions? I'm like, is this a stalker? Like, what's, I don't even know this kid. <laughs> so I answer the questions because I'm like, I'll play along. He's like, hey, the gift's done. I want to hand deliver it to you. I'm like, he wants FaceTime. He's using my playbook against me. I'm like, this is all right. So I'd make it a public place. This kid shows up. He looks like he's 16, carrying this Tupperware container. It looks like there's claw marks on the side. I'm like, is there an animal inside? Like, this is getting weird. And long story short is he pulls out these two $1,500 each, $1,500 each, mugs, artifact mugs. And the reason they're so much is carved into them over the course of four weeks was my life story, faith, family, kids, all like basically a lifetime achievement award carved into this piece. And then one for my wife, her on the farm with her dad who passed away of cancer, like all of these different elements of like your, your why, who you are, pulls out two of these and then pulls out two of these like $5,000 vases. One is every Bible verse that talks about generosity or gifting, wow. handwritten all the way in 50 lines deep. And then the other one is my wife and I's whole life story as a, a married couple. I'm like, dude, what is going on? I'm crying. I'm in a restaurant. And like, this is weird. And I'm like, who are you? And he's like, I'm, I feel like God's called me to be this gift maker. So long story short is those artifact mugs are some of the most, I, I, I've literally have gifted them to billionaires and had billionaires in front of their entire, like YPO guys in front of their entire audience cry because of, we all want to be seen. We all want to be acknowledged. We all want our life to have mattered. Even a billionaire is like, do I have a legacy? Do I, do people care about me? Do they just want me for my money? Like, so when you can honor somebody in such a way, when I got those, I started now like gifting them out. I probably, all my employees, I've given them to mentors, investors, advisors, clients. I've given out probably 140 of them personally. And I have mentors that have reached out and said, John, this is more valuable than my $40,000 watch. I, my watch is replaceable. I bought it for myself. It's cool. It's whatever. This mug, every time I use it every day, I'm reminded of somebody cares about me. I'm reminded of my why, my faith, my family, the things that really matter to most human beings. So that to me is like one of those things. It's not the most expensive thing that somebody's ever sent me. But it's definitely one of the most thoughtful and one of the most impactful. And I literally use it every day. It's amazing. What about that you've sent? Best home run. Like you're like, I use my own playbook. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say, I mean, the, the Brooks Brothers was one for a long time that was like $7,000 of clothes in Cameron size. Most recently, within the last 12 months, it, it, I um, built a relationship with Jesse Itzler. He had, we both spoke on the same stage. He became a big fan of Giftology. I read the book, wanted to become a client. And, you know, was hanging out at his house and e I've been a part of EO for like 14 years. And they wanted to bring not just Jesse, who's an amazing speaker, like world class. They wanted Sarah Blakely, his wife, who started Spanx, who's a billionaire, down to earth, started the business with five grand. Like, she's just amazing, but she hates speaking, like literally hates speaking. So they're like, hey, could you help get Jesse and Sarah to come speak at this event? And so we started building the relationship you know, over the last number of years. And they finally agreed uh, last, this past May to speak. And it was going to be broadcast out to all 14,000 EO members. And so fortunately got to go hang out with Jesse, had dinner at their house with her four kids and Sarah. And, um, I was like, this is kind of a once in a lifetime experience. Like, this is like me getting to play Tony Robbins. Cause like Sarah doesn't speak very often. The last time she had spoken that I was aware of was Tony Robbins interviewing Sarah and Jesse at their like business mastery event. And I'm like, I want to do something to show Sarah that I really appreciate. 
her being willing to do this and to Jesse and, you know, it's time out of there. They don't need, you know, to do this. And I'm um, like, what can you, what do you give to billionaires? Like, that's like a hard person to like, so I'm like, what do they care about? They care about their family and they care about Jesse cares about like his kind of legacy and history of where he got to start, which was being a, a white rapper. And, um, and Sarah obviously Spanx is her baby. Like she's not taking outside investment. She's not sold it because she loves what she does. So I'm like, how can I honor their family? I know they love art. Most you know people do. So I had this, it, it took a couple months, but I had this seven foot tall piece of artwork made of them uh, and their four kids made of thousands of pieces of broken records and pieces of Spanx packaging. It's a $25,000 piece of artwork. It was incredible. And I, I was nervous because anytime you're doing something really bold, like there is possibility. Like I have done crazy gifts that backfired. Like if you do something a hundred times, you have to expect five or 10% of them to not land the way that you wanted to. Uh, but in this case, at the end of the presentation, we're down in Atlanta. It's being broadcast. EO tried to talk me out of doing it because they're like, what if, it, they, what if they don't like it? What if it goes sideways? And I'm like, it took three years to line up. We're doing this love bomb. I, I don't like I got it snuck into the hotel, the W, and we unveiled this piece. And to say their jaws hit the ground at the end of this interview is like an understatement. It was like one of the most incredible like they, they got up their tears in their eyes like, how did you do this? I'm like, there's this female artist that we worked with who's like doing crazy stuff for like, you know, she did this crazy piece for Kobe Bryant. She's like, she's like doing stuff now being hired by celebrities and athletes all over the world to make these pieces of art. And, um, and, and they're like, we want to make a video for her. Can we say thank you to her? I want to know who she is. So I don't have the picture with me right now, but that love bomb, that, that, uh, that piece of art that was 3D, uh, was one of the coolest things in recent memory in the response was over the top. And I, and I believe I haven't been back to their house, but they have a couple hundred pieces of artwork. And they literally told me, John, like we've had this place over our mantle near our kitchen. Like it's the main area in their house. We've been waiting for something like this to be able to put up into our house. This is perfect um, mm. piece to, uh, to honor our family and uh, support this female artist. So um, that'd be, that'd be at the top of the list, man. <laughs> Fantastic. I know we're up against the uh, end of the hour here. Appreciate you spending this time with us, John. Looking forward to seeing you at summer camp. Um, anybody that's watching, you might be hearing this after summer camp, but www.comtosummercamp.com. We're going to have John unpacking this and more, giving you nuts and bolts, providing deep value. He's already done so much for the attendees. Um, it's just going to be an absolute amazing time. Can't wait to spend some time with you. Um, like you said, uh, the greatest gift I think that, that you can give us is your time. We super appreciate that. And we super appreciate being able to spend some time with you in person here in just a couple of days. So thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me guys. All right, everybody. We'll be back again next week with a brand new edition of the none of your business podcast. Make sure that you like subscribe review. Let us know how much you love this episode with John Rulin. We super appreciate it. That can be your gift to him.